We are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Today we're here to talk about the fourth in a set of six bonus episodes of The Walking Dead, season 10, called Splinter. Other than that, it's basically the princess episode. The Pal it's the it's the Paola Lazaro um episode. Yes, essentially. It is. Essentially. Remember when we thought Paolo was Brazilian? <laughs> Such good times. I did, at least. Did you? All oh. Right. <laughs> yeah. I did. Oh. Because I put I put her name in Google Translate and then it, it auto detected it as as Brazilian. Oh. It's, and then it wrote and remember it, it we played it and it said Paula Lazaro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now that's in my head. Paula Lazaro. Is it Lazaro or Lazaro? Lazaro. That's why the accent's there. Oh, Lazaro. speaking of that, though, for some reason, I've been seeing more and more like microblogging YouTubers or YouTubers or Instagrammers like, OK, I, like Douglas Atherton. He's WD artist or something like that on Twitter or an Instagram. It'll be on the screen. Not like he's doing it badly, but like, but then there's the Jamie Joe show. She pronounced Paula's name wrong. She said like Pala, Pala. Oh, almost nobody can pronounce her name right. Paula. Which is very interesting to me. Yeah. Paula Lazaro. Paula. She has the kind of name like you have to say it with an accent. You cannot Americanize it. Paula. It doesn't help that like I, I go on these like tears like watching Brazilian television shows. Like I just started, Nisa's going to be happy to hear this. I just started Invisible City. City mm. da Invisible. Mm. <laughs> I think I spell. I think I pronounced that wrong. <laughs> yeah, she's laughing. Right <laughs> <laughs> Say it again. No, Say it I'm not again. saying it again. I'm not saying it again. <laughs> play, play the tape back, Sam. <laughs> like, no. Play it again. No, no, no. City dad invisible. I think it's see dad invisible. But I know I'm not saying it exactly. Oh. I did say it right. Okay, fine. Close. So I, she said very close. The problem is that like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. But it gets to a point like I watched so much Brazilian television. Like what I watched three percent. I watched. Uh, I gotta me watch too, the whole me too. string at once. I love. 3%. I watched that show that you told me about. What oh, was it yeah. called? Nobody's watching. Nobody's watching. Yes. Yeah, I watched that. So I love that I watched one. The whole but oh, Evelyn loved it. Like it too but the thing is like i started dreaming in in portuguese right and <laughs> so like, i had to i literally had to stop i'm like i'm having dreams por favor por favor and like i'm thinking in my head i gave myself like a three-month break or something like a two-month two-month break so now i'm getting into it again so, oh but like it's so funny because i will pronounce no to nisa in in how it's spelled in in portuguese i'll say n-a-o like n with an accent on it oh now no no no, no gabriel now no, gabriel now no bottom line i can't help but like almost say it like a brazilian would like it's in my head now oh, i no. can't escape it yeah now 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 nisa now <laughs> it's like now but now 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 you have to kind of get that no, uh, w oh. at the end now 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 but you don't don't say it like i do because that's I, like no. what's I'm I'm trying to read. I'm trying to read Nisa's phonetic spelling here. No, 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 no gusto, no gusto, no gusto. Anyway, we're learning Portuguese with Nisa. <laughs> I love it. Now, Rachel. 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 Rafael. Rafael. No, and by the way, R's sometimes will be with an H, kind of like a Rafael. Rafael. Speaking of which, I need to back up to Sharon's comment. I thought Splinter was going to be about a really big rat that trains our group to fight evil in the sewers of Ohio. You know, <laughs> Yumicangelo and Rafazekiel. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Paula Langelo. You, uh, <laughs> and, uh, Eugene Atello. Eugene Ardo. 
<laughs> Eugene no, Atello. Eugene Atello. Oh, okay. He's the brains. That Atello. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But I just wanted to say Nardo at the end of Eugene, like because it just yeah. sounds funnier. Eugene yeah. Nardo. Eugene Nardo. It does flow nicely. <laughs> I totally agree, Nisa. I mean, I was so stoked for Princess to join the episode, and this episode just made me love her even more. She says, this episode made me love Princess even more, I gotta say. I mean, I met Princess in the comic books, obviously, and comic versus screen is, is very different, and I love that because the show is able to give Princess so much of a deeper character, you know what I mean, with um, her PTSD and the anxiety and, you know, everything that we see her dealing with in this episode was, I mean, it was just, it was shown perfectly. If anyone's ever been in an anxious state, like watching what was happening to her, the muffled sounds, the, sh you know, the shaky vision like that. If you've been in an anxious state, you know what that feels like. And I just, I feel like they did such an amazing job displaying that for the audience like going through this with princess to further the point like nisa actually just included you know prematurely probably but let's just get into it anyway but like the entire quote and i think there's something interesting about including that entire quote now yeah there's a little of a duh moment there right like obviously there's you can you could guess that there's some of that is going on already a I'm not crazy if that's what you're thinking. I mean, there's the ADHD, the anxiety, the PTSD, the depression, the crushing loneliness, and the active Im imagination that helps me cope with all that. But like, maybe that's the only sane response to an insane world. Now, fine. I think it's necessary, though, that she said that out loud. One could easily say, why are you spelling it out? But no, mm. it's actually important to spell it out because one could easily say, what was all that about? What was all that about? Yeah. Is it? Is, can you attribute that to one thing? Could you attribute that to two things? It's all of it. Some of the things she says here is defined in this episode. Like you, we get some of this information, some mostly on the PTSD, PTSD side of things, some of it on the anxiety tick. ADHD, not quite sure, probably because it looks like she keeps picking at the picking at the splinter, you know, mm -hmm. focus, hyper focusing and then focusing on something else. Depression. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on, too. But for people who don't really know what what that looks like, it has to be spelled out. It's not it's not so easy to know what those things are unless somebody just says it. And then it gives a whole bunch of context of what the heck you just saw, because overact overactive imagination mm. that helps me cope with all this is what we just saw for 10 years, which is interesting because it does make me think of find me how two people with two different emotional backgrounds dealing with these things in different ways deals with the span of seven years 10 years into the apocalypse right daryl it makes me think what he did or had to do what he's imagining what he's not imagining how he dealt with that all of that i don't know if he has all of that i don't think he has anxiety per se i don't think he has but i think he does have a little ptsd obviously mm -hmm. talking about the saviors talking about his brother should he deal with growing up uh does he have depression a little bit probably i could see him developing that but the bottom line is it does make me think of that there is a couple of poked holes in the whole leia is imaginary thing or leah it's leah right the yeah. opening minutes clips i think to diverge to diverged where daryl gives carol the swiss army knife so that that pokes a little bit of a hole in the leia's imaginary thing right however one thing that we didn't do and it was the most duh thing when i looked at it i'm like have you noticed that L leah first of all leah is spelled l-e-a 
L-E-A-H. I'm sorry. Every time I've spelled L-E-A-H, I've pronounced it because I'm Jewish. Anytime there's an H at the end of a word like that, like a name like that, it's usually it's usually a Jewish name, but it's not said pronounced as Leah. It's pronounced Leah, right? Then I started thinking, wait a minute, what is Leah? Wait, hold on. Leah spelled backwards is hail. Right. But if you do an anagram of the word Leah, what does that spell? Heal, right? You take those letters and rearrange it. Heal. Mm -hmm. I thought that was kind of cool. I didn't think of that until just until just <laughs> last night. I was talking to uh, Connie again, uh, free from the cocoon, because she was like excited for the next episode. I'm like, wait, hold on a second, because she, she was talking about the Swiss Army knife, and I was like, hey, hold on a sec. Leah's name backwards, not really, is spelled heal. <laughs> And it made me think a little bit. Made me think mm. a little bit. Now I'm like back mm. on that track of like, is she imaginary? I don't know. Now I don't know again. If Leah is imaginary, we could easily say that Daryl picked that knife up off of any walker that he's come across. Well, I, I came up with a cockamamie theory. Remember the story that Leah tells about Matthew, her her son, quote unquote, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. She says the moment they got to the steps of this cabin, she had found out he'd been bit mm -hmm. and basically had to bury him the next day or whatever it is or however long it was. What if the story is that that Leah is real? She's being attacked by a walker when he finds her. She is bit and she he never really gets to know her, has to bury her. And then he makes up a life with her, right? Mm -hmm. Think about it. It's the same story as Matthew, except he's the one making it up. And he's the one coming back to the cabin every once in a while just to kind of make up this life that they led together. Oh, is that sure. what you said? It was. Please tell me it's not what you said at the time. Otherwise, I feel really bad. I feel very bad. I mansplained to Nisa. Well, no, Nisa is... <laughs> No, I I remember her bringing that up, saying like, mate, what if she died right away and he had to bury her and he and he just imagined all of it? Yeah, we were we I'm talked a, about I'm, that last last time. Did did I say that? Did I say it out loud? I hope so. Yeah, you even pointed out that Nisa said it. <laughs> Listen, we I say a lot of things. <laughs> you know, that's um, we're gonna keep that in, Nisa. That's that's where I got the idea. I got it from you. Credit where credit is due. Must have, you must have had an impact on me. Meanwhile, I'm like talking to I'm talking to Connie. I'm like, wait, I just had this great idea. <laughs> just now. It just what, hit me right if? now. <laughs> what if? <laughs> it's the parallel though, right? It's like the parallel of Matthew yeah. having that reflect. Okay, whatever. Nisa said it. <laughs> she said, at least you agree it's possible. I'm like, sometimes it takes me a while to come around on something. Yeah. It's it's not a stubborn it, well, maybe it is a stubbornness thing. I think it's one of those things where like, I like to integrate things slowly. Like sometimes it takes a little while to digest. I'm open to the possibility that Leah does not exist, that Daryl made her up. Now, I'm more of the mind that she is real, that, that this did happen, but man, I just can't be like, no, she's totally 100% real, but she might not be. Between, between the <laughs> facial features and the... Yeah, almost every part of her her backstory her character is like drawn from someone that daryl knows someone else that daryl knows the mishmash yeah. of matthew yeah sorry of leah's story right that's that's what really that's why we're so hyper focused on whether what, whether she was real or not is <laughs> is that it does seem very similar like too similar scarily similar yeah but i can't imagine like and then but like on the tick on the other corner like i can't imagine other people's stories aren't the same it seems like a lot of this like you know fear the walking dead is the same it's uh it's all about the found family rather than the actual family right true so, it's, it's not too far off. It's not, and it can't be all that different. Speaking of uh, of backstories, though, one thing we actually missed telling you all about one more uh, last week's episode was that Father Gabriel's intro was hot. <laughs> so hot it's not only the fact that he did the voiceover it's the fact that he does the voiceover and then the quote from the from the episode it just goes hand in hand it's just so good it's like <laughs> god's house is a tower he, he said this one thing and then it went straight god's house is a tower chick chick <laughs> 
<laughs> and like with the the righteous the righteous shall be safe or something like that i'm like oh man i'm like mm. i say that because then i say that only because cause i didn't want to dwell on the fact that it was hot like just <laughs> look as, as uncomfortable as i make myself for your enjoyment everybody everybody uh i say this to move on to the intro for this episode because it does seem character focused like daryl the Find Me episode had Daryl opening up, right? And then last week was Father Gabriel opening up. Now it's Eugene, which is interesting, given the fact that this is a princess episode. Mm -hmm. It's still Eugene. And, and it, is, it is funny. It's not like, haha, laugh, you know, belly laugh funny, but it's just like, man, okay. Well, I like... Okay, uh, Josh McDermott. <laughs> I like that it was Eugene because it reminds us that he made this connection with this group. Yeah. You know, he yeah. is the reason we're here. So I, I, I'm, I like that they picked him to do the voiceover, even though it was a princess episode. Yeah. And it actually kind of makes sense because it, it kind of wants to set you up in some way to make you think, oh, this is real. This is this whole scenario right. is real. Like, you know, oh, we're moving into a group episode. We'll find, finally find out what happens because we've been waiting. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. We've been yeah. waiting. When we see Eugene again, we have we we instantly believe it's him. We have no reason to question that that she's imagining this because we heard him at the beginning of the episode. So, yeah, it's like a double trick because he started this whole thing. Communication with Stephanie and all that stuff, which, man. Now I have to wonder, I really have to wonder, I mean, is it it for us? Like, is that it? Like, is that all we're going to see of the Commonwealth? And I'm going to say yes. Because we got two episodes left. You know, Here's Negan is going to take a very long time. It, it's going to consume the entire episode. That's the last one. Wait, all we've got is Diverge next week. And a lot of that takes place in Alexandria. So we're not <laughs> going to see the Commonwealth. We're not going to see Gabe's death, which no. is definitely happening. Right. <laughs> just prepping and yourself just, now. Right. Just, just so everybody knows also, yeah, we just said something about a character that nobody probably even knows. Well, some people do know about. Mercer, right? Mercer. This was... Mm -hmm. Now, he had revealed himself the actor had revealed that he was playing the part uh, weeks ago, <laughs> but like all of a sudden the walking dead finally announces Michael James Shaw. Hold on. I just saw that he has a SoundCloud. If you want to go to Mercer's SoundCloud account, that's MJ Shaw Nuff, MJ Shaw Nuff. Like, you know, like remember, um, Shaw Nuff. The master, the last dragon, 1985. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I still love watching that movie. <laughs> So yeah, MJ, MJ Shaw, S-H-A-W-N-U-F-F -F, on SoundCloud. So does he... And obviously his Instagram. It does not hurt that he's, he's a beautiful man. So anyway, Mercer is a character from the comics, obviously from the Commonwealth. He wears a slightly different Commonwealth armor. He looks absolutely badass. To say that I have limited comics knowledge is to say the least. I'm just going to say that right now. But yeah, he's coming. And he looks absolutely ridiculous in the comics. And I think he looks absolutely ridiculous in his Instagram right now. Looks mm. He's ripped. Oh, I'm going to get my shirt off. That I'm going to scroll. People still say that? I'm, I'm scrolling pictures on the screen right now of him with his shirt off. It's just post-production, right? <laughs> so, Charney says, to tie in with Leah's imaginary, if you equate princess equals Daryl, Daryl attacked Negan and caused Glenn's death. Princess attacked a soldier and caused Yumiko to be hurt. Princess's hallucinations could equal Daryl hallucinating Leah. <laughs> I guess this is kind of what I was referring to, you know, PTSD, PTSD, 10-year mm -hmm. uh, delusions, 7-year delusions, plus PTSD. Oh. The only thing that, that I question with um, Daryl and Leah is... 
is Daryl like still imagining her? Like, is he still imagining that she's out in the world somewhere? Or does he know himself the truth? Well, he's not going to know until he busts the bubble. If it is not real, you know what I mean? Right. So like, like it, crazy it, people don't know they're he, crazy is the axiom. Right. So he's in, in order for this to work, he's still in the delusion that Leah's out in the world someplace. Because because otherwise, if he knows that Leah's dead, I think he would have told Carol she, she died. But if he believes she's still alive, then he's still hallucinating. I mean, I don't know about still hallucinating, but there must have been something that got him to stop. But still believe in the fantasy, right? That it happened. Okay, put it put it this way. Have you ever made up a story or like twisted a fact in a... In a yeah, twisted That's a fact. That's what I was looking in, for. Okay, oh, oh yeah. Still I'll, in I'll denial. So Nisa's saying he's still in denial, but like, have you ever told a story and salt and peppered it and then you've told it over and over again after having salt and... When I say salt and pepper, this is what I refer to my dad's stories. He'll he'll tell you the truth. He'll add a little <laughs> something extra or, or, or exaggerate a fact. That's what we call salt <laughs> and peppering a story, right? But when, you, when you've done it so many times, the salting and peppering gets uh, bigger and bigger. And so to the point where you believe all the salt and pepper. <laughs> yeah. Where almost the salt and pepper takes over for the story. So this is the thing. I think Daryl made up something for him in his own mind, unconsciously, about Leah. And when you go on with it for so long, you actually believe it's real. And you make it grander and grander over the years. And that one thing that you buried is all of a sudden completely gone. Like that one fact that you may have been able to come out from underneath is now buried yeah. by all the mistruths you told yourself, you know? To the point where you almost don't know what know what you've told other people. I think we all have a version of that, but when you talk about you, and you talk about isolation yeah but a after you and i figured out the math you know it was let's say less than two years uh between leah going missing and daryl i'm sorry and carol coming back for daryl and taking him back to hilltop less than two years so carol's really the only person he probably talked to about leah at all i'm trying to like be in the corner of she doesn't exist but i just feel like there's no, too many hard. things that don't make sense to me still yeah it's really hard i mean yeah because i mean we're, we're missing a lot of facts yeah. It's just enough information, right? How can you how can you tell about a relationship over the course of so many years? Yeah. You know, in a single episode like this, these bonus episodes, yeah. in a single one, it's impossible. Yeah. But getting back to this episode. <laughs> It's, it's really easy to slip back into it's really easy because your mind is still processing something's off something's not mm -hmm. right here where is this woman and it felt like that in this episode except we actually got an answer by the end like we knew what was going on we didn't get that closure and find me <laughs> which almost is striking too because it goes back to princess's character like you said in the comics it's not really clear what the motivations are so much right mm -hmm. childhood trauma i don't know she just seems crazy yeah they don't really go into depth about mental illness or anything like that with princess in the books i mean it is implied that she's been on her own for a while she does say something along the lines of i'm difficult to love you know that line that princess had is there's something similar in the books so you know we we get the feeling that she's got some stuff going on but for the most part she's just like happy-go-lucky like just happy to be around people but yeah she's got a dark side too they're able to shine a brighter light on it in the show than than the comic so it's right nice. it, it's nice to see trying to give the crazy a, a, a some more substance i guess right R like an explanation for it yeah it's kind of like the negan character right like what is yeah he can swear he can do all these things but like what's the underlying motivation oh wait it's actually to save people and the comic does sort of a duty in explaining that as well but on mm -hmm. tv versus the comic it's like 
It's easier to believe a comic, I think. It's not easy to see people in real life in believing that that's what it is. You have right. to do a lot more convincing. And the TV show for a little while didn't even know how to do that, like in season eight. Like you believed it a little bit, but you're like, I don't think so. <laughs> not even all the way till yeah. the end. And then season nine comes around and it's just like, oh, okay, okay, I see. And then season 10 comes around. Oh, okay, I see. I see what's going on here. <laughs> you, you had a hint of it. And honestly, the comics, comics people were probably ready or more ready to accept it. But like the people who are watching the show were like, I don't know. I'm hanging in there, but I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> when I was talking to Carol about this, when we we're covering season, covering season eight, when we first started podcasting, it took a lot of convincing. It took a lot of convincing. We were still following the Rick train. It's only because of Carol that I was able to come around though. Otherwise, <laughs> I'd be like, oh God, I can't see a world in which I would like this guy at all. You know, until season nine, maybe, maybe. And by then, not the same showrunner. I mean, I still don't like Negan, but I see he can be useful. Now in the back of my mind, it's Negan be Neganing, probably. We'll see. <laughs> but like, yeah. I'm willing to give this guy a little bit more credit considering, you know, the storm, uh, the calm before the storm. Yeah, the storm, the interactions with Judith, there's a part of you that wants, I, I've mentioned this before, there's a part of you that's always going to want, even from like really, really bad people that show an inkling of humanity, want a redemption yeah. story. That's the human well, story. If I trust the comic books, like Negan, once he is, you know, redeemed, he, he is, he's perfectly fine. He doesn't cause another problem. He's fine. He goes off, he lives his life and he leaves everybody alone. But I just don't. I don't trust the showrunners that <laughs> that he's going to get off that easy. I think he's still got one more <laughs> trick up his sleeve. <laughs> right, right. This is, this is why I was bringing up that up uh, in our last episode, like with Maze. It's like, I, I think the show wants us to not be 100% in Negan's corner so much, you know, right. by way of this character, right? Being betrayed, fine, but like in a different context. So, But going back to Paola. <laughs> Paula, now. Paula. <laughs> Look, we can sum up this episode in the fact that, like, it's almost like TWD World Beyond. You see the character after having been isolated for 10 years mm. go through this incredible. I don't think that journey is over. I was going to say incredible journey and then come out the other side, no, mm. you know, like trying to unlearn some of the. And she does try and she does realize it and she catches herself trying to unlearn some of her coping mechanisms for the apocalypse in order to deal with a very difficult situation. This is what I live for. The, when The Walking Dead does this, rarely, but when The Walking Dead does this thing where it's, and it's usually like a, like a physical triumph. It's usually like a, usually there's a lot more physicality in the triumph. Like with TWD World Beyond, a lot of it's psychological trauma that pe these people overcome in order to be another version of themselves. Fear the Walking Dead did that, you know, after so many seasons, right? Four or five and six, and even like whatever, even some of the older characters, season one, all the way to season six, and now we're seeing a growth, like a huge step in growth. So now, now that Walking Dead is doing that with Princess with a new character, obviously, because it's harder to do that with older characters, I think, personally, yeah. right? You know too much. Yeah. Gabe, like, think about what we were saying about Gabe, right? In the last episode, we're like, what happened, right? Why are we saying what happened? We know even a version of Gabe before the time jump, which was actually okay. We liked him. He was dealing with Negan. It was like, eh, whatever, blah. But not everybody liked him. It was like, yeah, people still had memories of old Gabe. You know, but, <laughs> but when season 10 comes around, oh baby, I'm liking this Gabe. He's got the confidence, <laughs> got Rosita. God told me to hang you. I know, whatever. We'll keep going. But... <laughs> But it's hard. Like, there's still the holdouts because nobody knows what happened. And that's the thing. When you have a character around this long, it's harder. You can't make those kinds of jumps. 
But the way they did it in fear for those characters was they'd gone through some pretty big things and you saw it for the most part, the dam breaking, them trying to be better people, things happening. It's not quite working out that way. Ginny taking them and it allows them to do things that they wouldn't normally do, but in the style of who they were, you know, so you know who they are, which leads to this evolution with Gabe. We're missing that one piece. Yeah. With Princess. It's so much easier. She's a fresh character. We can make allowances you know, taking her at her word as per the show, as she's written to follow these leaps. She tells you something that feels real. She tells you something about her past, like how her dad beat on her and her mom was like all about it, you know, which is great the way they told it because you got a kernel, like this beginning part of it with a story in the beginning about how she got the splinter when she was a kid. And then you get this part at the end with Ezekiel, right? The, the, The finishing move saying how her mom was a survivor and then Ezekiel responding right away. She was a monster. And she was yeah. like, she was just scared. Like you see her, she's defending her. She's like past it. She's like, she was just scared. Like again, TWD mm-hmm. growth, like, you know, like that, that kind of evolution. She was, but she was just scared. You know, we're all, like, we're all monsters. Ezekiel sort of says, I think something like that. You know, we're all, they, that's how it all is. And then mm-hmm. she, fa- she manages to say, I had these people. I had that. I had Dougie. They like, I, you know, Dougie. I think was the dad, right? I, th- I think so. Dougie. I remember her saying, uh, "Mrs. Mrs. Mrs. Turner, or Mrs. Turner." Well, she mentioned in the beginning all the kind of shitty people. Sammy. But then she said, "I had Mrs." Oh, the shitty ones, yeah. Yeah, but then Maybe. she said, "I had Mrs. Turner," like you said. I think it was Turner, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I think and then, so. And then uh, Sammy and, and his people. Sammy's and... group, right? Yeah. But but these, they came back for me. Sammy, I guess, must have left her behind. You know, mm-hmm. I'm because I was thinking when when she said Sammy and his group, I'm thinking, okay, Sammy and his group. Was that pre-apocalypse? Was that post-apocalypse, right? I thought maybe post-apocalypse. I was thinking Sammy's group was post-apocalypse. I was thinking that yeah. that they were actually the last group of people she had contact with. Remember how she said, I've been alone for about a year, and we were like, yeah, yeah, it might be closer to like seven years. Might I was thinking, than that, right. yeah, I was thinking whoever Sammy is, they were the last group, you know, that kind of took off. Right. Took off, didn't, didn't, and didn't look back. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I totally forgot about it. And speaking of other things I totally forgot of, like, I, for the longest time until somebody actually, I watched one of those things. Um, I think the Jamie Joe show actually reminded me of it. But remember when she was counting the state capitals alphabetically? Yeah. And, and she stopped at Harrisburg. That's a callback to when we first see her. She's quickly belting out uh, to the guy because she doesn't think they're real. She's like, quick, what's the capital of Pennsylvania? She goes, uh, so one of them goes Harrisburg. She goes, wait, I think I knew that. And then like in this yeah. episode, she goes, Harrisburg. She remembers See, it. I, I did know that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't put that in my notes. I'm like, oh wow, that's a cool yeah. insight. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> Nisa's also saying post-apocalypse Sammy's group. Yep. Uh and maybe foster families pre-apocalypse too. Yeah. Uh was she in the foster system? I don't know if that was stated out loud. Uh not that I heard or, re- or remember her saying. Because mm-hmm. oh well, actually no, but you know what? Nisa's right. Nisa is right. If in fact her mom left, she would have been left with the stepdad. Stepdad wouldn't have stick stuck around. Stepdad would have put her up for adoption. For sure. Hated her guts. Um, yeah, but do you think he would give up his punching bag? That's another good point. You know what? Yeah, that's interesting. I'm not, I, I, you know what? I haven't made my mind. I hate, I I I hate saying that out loud, but I I could see him keeping her so that he could continue to beat on her. I want to go through the archetypes of what each fake version of like Yumiko, uh, Eugene and uh, Ezekiel Mm -hmm. represent too, because, you know, Yumiko right from the start. Well, first of all, let's just say it out loud. By the end of it, you know, none of it is real. Princess is speaking through a hole that doesn't exist to Yumiko. 
There's no hole in the wall for her to see Eugene on the other side, which I, it's just so fantastic. It's just so fantastic that that's, that's the level of her imagination. And then the hatch at the top, completely not real, all boarded up. It's so hard to believe, but then it goes to show like what she had to, to imagine in order to get through, through a difficult, scary situation. It's easy to forget like when we first meet her, she's making all these mistakes and she's trying to make up for, you know, almost causing the group to die, you know, get hurt, whatnot, like in the minefields, trying to redirect them to the bikes. I got something really cool to show you, but I'm going to take the, the roundabout route because I'm really cool like that, you know, through the minefield. Or that we could have just walked around it, but this is the direct way, you know, the cool way where I can show you how good I am. Because it yeah. maybe like, whatever, um, what's his name's group? Uh, Sammy's group. Sammy. Maybe that's like, she just didn't pull her weight. She didn't feel like she was good enough. Maybe she wasn't cool enough. I don't know. But like, whatever it was, it does make me think about like what she had to, what she didn't do to make herself stand out and be left behind. See, I'm hard I to was love. thinking, I was thinking maybe she was too eager and just obnoxious to the point where they couldn't stand to be around her anymore. Let me do that. Let me do this. Like, and people are like, princess, just sit up for a minute. And she's like, no, I got to do something. Let me do this. And they were just finally like, we got to get away from this chick. <laughs> yeah. He, she's like the star scream from Transformers. Like, scream. I'm, I'm going to take over Megatron. You know, like, you know, that's, I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about. Starscream. Transformers. Oh, Autobots. Anyway, sorry. That's just for the old people. <laughs> older, older than Rachel people. <laughs> Again. Nisa says something very interesting. She says, what if Sammy's group is the Reapers? Ooh, maybe. maybe. I mean, it is generally in the area of Charleston. They're in a big city. Because that's kind of where, in and around where, sort of, a little north of where Maggie was. So anything is possible. Mm -hmm. That's a good call, though. Let's just put that in the back of our mind banks. No, but when you were saying maybe she was too eager at the time i was thinking maybe she wasn't eager enough maybe she didn't pull her weight enough i'm coming at it from a different angle like and I'm, right. again i'm not right. i don't i'm not gonna make up my mind either way like maybe <laughs> she's too eager now because she doesn't want to, she doesn't want them to leave it's kind of like what you're saying about princess in the comic books uh, she's just happy to be around people and she doesn't she's overcompensating she doesn't want them to leave so she wants to impress them so they don't leave so maybe she's doing the exact opposite thing of what she did before you know because okay. there, yeah. there is an indicator of why i think this way like a little bit two examples one is in the past with her mom one of the things that yumiko does yumiko tells princess to do exactly what her mom did in the past just do what they say and her mom literally mm -hmm. says then don't eat don't rock the boat do what they say and it's very easy to see like her keeping quiet and what does she do in the interview she's messing up a little she's like not answering she's kind of being a little bit and then at some point she just shuts up it's like, I don't want to make it worse. I, I, I don't want what I say to make things worse. And I know that if I don't say anything, I'm not going to make things any better. But it's a lot better than opening my mouth and getting hit across the face. So Yumiko is that part of her that, you know, just don't rock the boat. At that point, obviously, I had no idea that this wasn't actually happening. But I did find it really strange how injured Yumiko was considering right. what had happened to her. And I'm like, you're not going to die from getting hit in the face with a butt of a rifle. Right. You're not going to die from a concussion. Is that the case? Right. Well, I mean, you could slip into a coma if you fall asleep with a concussion. But but again, like, I just thought she like, why is she acting like she's hurt way worse than she is? Like, I don't know. That was like where my mind went. But yeah, come to find out it was uh, Princess's projection of what she thought Yumiko was going through and the right. responsibility she felt of what happened to Yumiko with her, you know, grabbing the knife and then, you know, Yumiko getting 
slapped. So what you're saying is she feels directly responsible for what happened to Yumiko, right? Because yes, because one hundred percent. As the as the events go in the beginning of the episode, it, it so happens that she's reaching for the knife because they they strike her down. Yumiko is is trying to make things better. Yumiko gets hit with a rifle. Is that is that right? Yes. Yeah, that's okay. what I'm saying. And you see her throughout the episode flashing back to that moment, saying, "And we, I, I don't know about you, but I have this. I think about every now and again something. If something reminds me of an incident from the past that I just." completely regret. There are so many of these that I have. Even the thing I said last week about, hey, Chris, when you and me played video games, I remember <laughs> what you said. Hey, I, what what about girls? But I remembered that. Now, at the time, I kind of covered for it. And that was, that was me just explaining my thought process because we yeah. are like... We, we do have like, okay, the age gap obviously closes in when we get older. I mean, you're, you're with 37? Almost. Almost. Okay, see, even that, right? When I was five years old, I was playing video games, you weren't even born yet. Right. <laughs> so there's that, you know, there's that gap. But when you said it, though, it got in my head and I felt bad about it. <laughs> and I was just like, ah, you know, but maybe she did the same thing when she was my age, but I was 10, 11 years old. So, you know, but I was thinking of the time because yeah. times do change. It was 91 when you turned five or six. I don't know if it was the same way. Some things are like a moment in time, you know, they change as they get older because console wars started happening. Genesis was out for a couple of years already. Anyway, no need to go. I still feel bad about it. So sometimes I replay that in my head, you know? And there's oh, so many don't feel bad about terrible... it. Well, I mean, I do, I do. And, but <laughs> there are way worse examples I can choose that I do not want to say out loud because they're so bad. They're so bad in my head that I can't yeah. even utter them. They're like- I was really, I was just teasing you for not including the girl as a gamer. That I was just giving you shit for that. <laughs> I know, I know. I would never make that mistake in modern times. I just, back then it was just, you know, but it was true that, that girls didn't play video games in the 80s, in the mid 80s. They just, they just didn't, there weren't really many games geared not towards many. girls. I mean, I right. wouldn't say no girls, but not many. No, and not I wouldn't many. either. But I'm like, I, I wish because I, you know, I'd probably have a lot more friends that were girls over or something like that. Because that's all I did as a kid. That's, <laughs> I, I'd have friends that did play video games with me that like would beg me to go outside and be like nah come on just play video games with me inside come on come on i'd be right? a terrible influence yeah <laughs> i have another controller sharon says girls can't quote unquote girls can't be gamers they won't have the time to cook oh my god yeah. why did you make me say that out why didn't i read that ahead of time <laughs> why did i read that ahead of time i'm just like your hapless mouthpiece to get me canceled charity <laughs> I did it last week. Robert, Robert Patrick's. Oh, Bowie. why did you make me say that? Have you seen this Bowie? Jesus. Hashtag Dave is over party. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Dave is canceled. Anyway. Rachel, stop laughing. It's just looping. Anyway. She's not um, even breathing. <laughs> oh my god yeah she just keeps like gabriel in the <laughs> oh lord <laughs> that's totally that's totally a clip now oh lord direct all mail to blazygardener at yahoo mail.com <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, what were we even talking about again? Okay, so yes, she's flashing back to that moment because, and again, this illustrates mm. the anxiety of the PTSD. I don't know about PTSD, but the anxiety fact is that, oh, I caused Yumiko, Yumiko to get hit and she's making it bigger and bigger in her head. Oh my God, she has a concussion. Oh my God, she, she could slip into a coma. It's my fault. I got to make sure she's safe. Meanwhile, she's not even there. She's making up these people because she needs to make up Sammy's group all this time in her head maybe sammy's group wasn't real that's another thing maybe she made up sammy you know that's what i mean a possibility too now i i agree that that yumiko's not there talking to princess and eugene's not there talking to princess but they are somewhere they have to be somewhere or else you don't believe that they're in that last scene <laughs> also and then we hear the the soldier say what is a cars <laughs> a b and c are are quiet so I don't know about right. you, but A, B, and C go right next to each other. Wouldn't you assume? Usually, right? <laughs> wouldn't you assume that train cars A, B, and C would be consecutive train cars? <laughs> uh, but Rachel, you have to understand something. <laughs> and I was thinking that's why I wrote it down. I was like, what? Because okay, before let me let me say the whole thing because this is as she's trying to see Eugene, right? She's talking in the midst of talking yes. to Eugene, right? So, I believe so. Uh, almost almost yeah. getting caught, Princess Hides, Commonwealth Soldier says, negative on that. Report of activity was over in the switchyard area. Interesting. And if you go to the subtitles, you don't hear, you don't see switchyard, but I heard it and I wrote it down. Okay. Switchyard area. Where's the switchyard? Switchyard is where the two walkers are at the end with Ezekiel, but there really were two walkers there. I, 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 guess, I don't know what a switchyard switch is. Switchyard is basically the, that. The little lever that is pulled to, to move the track left or right, that sort of thing. Oh, oh, okay. But no, those soldiers might not even be real. Like, meaning they're saying cars A, B, and C are all quiet, but that doesn't mean that they're really there or that, you know, that's... Yeah. yeah. Oh, I. Oh, trust me. Yeah. When Sharon and I were watching it earlier today, we. I mean, we got to the end, and I'm like, dude, like, it's gotten to the point where, like, I don't even. Be I don't believe anything I'm seeing. Like, is is this is this bloody soldier even real? Like, is any of this real? Is she even standing in a boxcar right now? Like, <laughs> like I was ready to just like throw my hands up and be like, nothing's real. <laughs> right. So the point is, Lance Hornsby even real? Right. Did the interview even happen? Because even that scene is weird. The first thing that Princess says when they're with the soldiers looking her up and down naked is, hey, I'm not bit. What? I would be like, stop looking at me, Swan. <laughs> I'd be like, do you like the view? I mean, right. He, he's like, I mean, obviously, he's, he's giving a detailed look. and But it's easy to assume that it's it's not a leap to say maybe he's getting his jollies. I mean, oh, see, right? I, I get. I mean, now that you say that, I suppose that's def. I mean, sure, yeah, I. But princess see. goes to the automatically like, oh, I assume you're looking for Walker bites. Yeah, and I I had a different theory altogether. Please enlighten me because I'm lost. <laughs> I only bring so, up this question because even I'm caught. I don't know. It doesn't. That doesn't feel, that's not, that doesn't feel like a right response. So this, my theory is uh, if the interview is real. The soldiers hear Princess in the boxcar and she's clearly talking to herself, right? Because she's been talking to Yumiko, Yuji, you know, she's having conversations <laughs> with herself. So if I were a soldier hearing this from outside the train car, and I know there's no one else in there with her, I would be searching her person for a recording device. Maybe she's a spy and she's recording something and gonna take it back to her group. That was my thought. That, that is cool. Cause that is nowhere <laughs> in the ballpark of what I was thinking. I just, I, yeah. They doused her in something. So if she had an, a recording device on her, it would be ruined. That is really, that is, that's very well thought out. Okay, I'll go with that. But, 
but again, it doesn't explain her response. Like if I no. was naked and people were looking at every part of me with a microscope, I mean, let's, I know I'm exaggerating, salt and pepper, I'm exaggerating, <laughs> but right. Uh, yeah. I'm more concerned about Prince's reaction, which makes me think, should I be doubting that this? Now we, we both know mm. that according to Talking Dead, the interview is real. I don't know how real, but it is real. Okay. <laughs> I, I also thought it was very odd also that this is me just trying to fight out like what I'm being told. I'm being told the interview is real, but why is Lance Horn Hornsby in the shadows so much? Yeah. That we can't even see him barely, you know? And then, and then. Could just be then, intimidation. <laughs> but, but wait, he says something very interesting and I'm not sure if this is the character or not. I'm not sure because then he goes, why won't you let me see my friends? Cause you're being a bitch. And I'm thinking the father. That line struck me. Right. Cause again yeah there's something that you said in our last episode about lance hornsby is he's not very threatening wait no which makes me think oh my fucking god i'm confident enough to say this much okay you ready for this the interview is real and not real the interview is okay. real and not real based on something that you said you you had said that lance hornsby because his again the voice i thought it was just so unreal it was unreal right uh he looked ridiculous though he just looked at he still looked ridiculous everybody else's shoulder pads kind of covered their shoulders pretty much lance hornsby <laughs> yeah like about here right <laughs> yeah. it was weird yes. it was like it was like almost like a cartoon even the, the other soldier looked too bulky. The, the one that was looking her up and down, the armor looked too big. Mm -hmm. And now I'm thinking to myself, what if Lance Hornsby was the soldier at the end? Which makes perfect sense. Because if she doesn't mm. recognize who she is, who this guy is, she could have a problem reconciling who Lance Hornsby is, in the one in her mind. With mm -hmm. the, with the, and why? Because why? Why bother? Like, why bother right. answering the questions? He, she gives him the, the the answers, right? And he's like, automatically, yeah, there they are. Because I'm Lance mm -hmm. Hornsby. Isn't that weird? Could be. Could be. That that's that's. I think that's a pretty decent theory because at the end, again, when Sharon and I were watching earlier, and he says, "I got her." It's you know, open up. I got her, and I'm like, "No, fucker, she got you." Like, do you not see your face right now? I'm like, what does that even mean? And Sharon D said, "Well, maybe what he means is he got her to open up." I went, right. "Oh, yeah, okay, okay." Right, and but the reason why I, it, like you said, both so like we both said that line is a bit much. The because yeah. you're being a bitch. Her father, or her stepdad, mm -hmm. stepfather. Right. He's still in the shadows when he hits her. Still in the shadows when he's saying the line. You could have just answered our questions as she's, again, he's shrouded in shadows. He's not quite real. Or maybe it's this kid, this guy, but he's in the shadows and she's making him out to be scarier and deeper voice than he actually is. I'm, this sure. is what, what gets me, right? Now, there is a tick in the other corner saying that, okay, maybe this kid isn't Lance Hornsby because just before she starts answering the questions, you saw this in my notes, you see him turn on the radio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? I I noted that too. You know, mm -hmm. pr probably keeps it open. Everybody's hearing and listening. Now, it could still be him yep. relaying it to somebody to write paperwork. Who knows? But that is another tick in the real corner. But it just gets me thinking. It's the lines that he uses, the, the fake Lance. We're going to call him fake Lance Hornsby for now. <laughs> fake Lance. <laughs> and, and how cartoony he is, how cartoony toony the other soldier is he's just too bulky lance hornsby's too it doesn't quite fit it's it's bizarre world uh, i think it might be real because of the answer when he asks how old she is and she's like 28 29 <laughs> i could be 50 i don't know man i lost track a long time ago see that's the thing fake lance hornsby's asking are things that <laughs> only things that she would probably know to ask of herself 
and maybe specifically things that would annoy her. Like, I imagine these people would ask these annoying questions because I don't know. There's nothing else that I can answer. There's no part of my life that they would want to know. Or maybe it is real, but she's imagining him to be scarier than he actually is. These people must see, that's be bad. Kind of, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, the interview happened, but we don't see him because she can't remember him. Right. She's right. she's imagining a, a much scarier figure than what he really is. You know what makes it even better? Is that we've all kind of been there, right? We've, sure. I, I'm remembering I'm remembering something so specific. Because, <laughs> again, talk about memories that you regret or things that you just remember differently. Like, I remember when I was getting my original booster shot or vaccines. Or no, booster shot when I was like five or six years old or seven. This is how I remember. My mom said, oh, you're going to get a lollipop at the end. And I did. Oh, they're just going to give you a lollipop. It's nothing. I remember <laughs> the fact that she lied to me and it was a shot <laughs> that I had to get. All I remember is that she lied to me. I'm making it out to be worse than she And I held it against her for all these years. And then like, of course, a couple years down the line, I'm like, of course you had to lie to me. Yeah, you just need to be calm enough so you can get the fucking shot. But you remember it so sinisterly. Like you were laughing yeah. with evil glee when you finally got the shot. And that's the thing. Like you remember it so much worse than it actually was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, your mom, your mom was in the corner going, in <laughs> <laughs> the mind control stick device is planted. <laughs> stick them again. It didn't work the first time. <laughs> yeah. You hit a vein or you hit an artery. <laughs> yeah. That was bone. 40, try again. <laughs> Lisa says, 40 years later, mom, where's my lolly? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know I know how to hold a grudge. <laughs> no. Oh yeah. But that is pretty funny. Um yeah, but think about that for a minute. Yeah, but we all have that oh, in yeah. our heads. Like I have those yeah. stories for sure. Yeah. Like when my mom punished me as a kid. When I retell those stories, my punishment was always way worse than what actually happened. So bad. <laughs> I was punished yeah. for three months, and oh, yeah. all I did was something not crazy, right? No. Meanwhile, just... the thing that you did was probably worse than it was <laughs> that yeah. you made it out to be. Yeah. Like, well, what did, the what did you, you do? Got was like nothing. Yeah. Well, what did you do to get that punishment? I don't know. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that yeah. part. I, I mean, I accidentally lit the house on fire. I accidentally did. Like, meanwhile, you say house on fire, but like, okay, you lit like a towel. Right. Yeah, I left a towel on the burner on the pan <laughs> that yeah. she, she was cooking in. <laughs> yeah. I can see why she gave you one week of punishment, not like three months. The horrible <laughs> monster. Hey, look, I didn't think we would have anything to talk about, but here we are. <laughs> Just think about that. This is about. the pre-show. <laughs> We got the Yumiko thing that was that happened at night that happened right after the incident. She's talking to Yumiko, quote unquote. Now you have to remember also that like she's yelling at Yumiko because she thinks she's passed out, mm -hmm. right, with a concussion. The soldiers are like, "Shut the fuck up!" Because yeah. it's crazy princess yelling out in her car and just she's just like, "Shut the f oh god, who what it." But here's the thing, next morning, obviously, Princess at some point passes out, right? Outside the train car, I don't know if she's hearing it that right. way or if it's real, but if I don't even know if it's, I think it is in the captions. Yes, it is in the captions. It's the soldier, as they're passing by in the car, he goes, I don't know about you, I've never seen one turn that fast. Who are they talking about? Mm -hmm. What are they talking about? Are they talking about walkers? Are they talking about a person? Are they, Is somebody turning on someone else? Isn't that a term? Like if something turns like isn't couldn't that also mean like when your food goes bad so maybe they're just talking about food <laughs> that's so not juicy though <laughs> uh, no he says i've never seen one turn that fast yeah exactly. like a like a I've baked never... ham <laughs> <laughs> a christmas dinner yeah exactly right 
<laughs> I'm trying to think on the positive here. <laughs> that uncle that's all Republican, like, ah, I've never seen him turn into a Democrat that fast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now Nisa's saying Walker, or if they actually said that, it would be them playing with her because they know she's listening. That's Ooh. a good theory, too. And Sharon, he's like, Eugene gave everybody up so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> but like give up what though that's what i'm saying that's the other thing right like is yeah. did everybody keep their mouth shut except for you know uh except for that one person right because th at this point she's not in the interview yet i mean i think eugene would spill the beans i mean th that's why they went there that's the other thing like right. they they went there for this so yeah i think eugene would absolutely answer their questions no hesitation right. which which kind of goes back to the point i mean it seems like they might have all just been very forthcoming but princess in her head after after they hit Yumiko over the face or cracked her over the head mm -hmm. or what she did and she maybe and again maybe she is making a bigger deal out of grabbing the knife than the, they're even making it out like the commonwealth is like okay she was probably just scared you know okay end of story i mean because they seem pretty could, chill we could even go so except far for that one scene we could even go so far as to say that princess didn't actually reach for the knife but thought about reaching for it and all of this <sighs> yeah. still played out this way yeah, I'm and down I, for that. And I, I can, only I can accept that. And I only say that because when she goes to reach for it, you know, the 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 sounds are muffled, the camera's a little jitter like we're already sort of in that anxious mind. So it just might be her thinking about reaching for it. Either she did it and she didn't realize she was doing it at the time, which I can accept also. I'll, I'll fully say, I, I will remember myself doing things that I can't believe I did. You know, things that I wouldn't normally do, it, it, but in the heat of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm almost on autopilot. I, I don't know if you've ever reached that level of anxiety where you don't know what you're doing until you remember yourself doing it. Yeah. It, which is kind of like a meeting halfway kind of thing. Like, she doesn't, I don't think she intended to ruin this moment or whatever. Right. In the heat of anxiety, being very scared all of a sudden these people coming up on her she doesn't realize what she's doing she does it and she reflects on it. she's like god why are you so hard to love or etc etc you know what i mean yeah like why do you gotta fuck things up you know like <laughs> so i can easily like not blame her same thing remember like sort of like with hope remember hope in world beyond like it goes off it doesn't really she's not really oh shooting. the gun thing yeah 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 and this was before she admitted to herself finally like it just went off you know mm -hmm. but I, the way i explained it was like it didn't even look like i'm sure she's blaming herself but like it didn't even look like she was in complete control of it nisa says it best quote unquote a bunch of scary action figures that came to life which also sounds very scary if you really think about it since the apocalypse started princess has not seen an organized force like this you know what i mean so yeah that would be terrifying to see a group of people this this organized and heavily armed yeah that would be that would be scary going back to the quote i can't believe one turned that fast they could also be talking about her like yeah mm -hmm. i can't whistle for some reason for right now <laughs> Yeah, that's a very good point. This could be just a tactic, you know, separating them and isolating them. Turn cuckoo. We assume she's been in there overnight, but it could be days. <laughs> Which also assumes that they've done this a lot and they've seen it a couple times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, okay, I haven't seen one go crazy this quickly. That actually makes a lot more sense. I say that because the line is so open-ended. Mm -hmm. it, it's almost saying, I know something you don't know. Like, the show is saying, I know something you don't know. And you're not <laughs> going to know it until season 11. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Yeah. Right? Almost. Right? But it's just open-ended enough to be like, oh, they just mean crazy person here. Right? <laughs> Which then gets you thinking, like, let's say they are talking about Princess. Oh, oh, you know, that sucks. That really sucks for her. That makes me feel bad. Uh, Eugene seems to, it's pretty cut and dry. Obviously, Hole is not real. She's not really talking to Eugene. She's not really outside the train. 
<laughs> but Eugene is obviously her better judgment. This is what we're here for. We just got to go along with the flow. You trust in us. We're going to steer you through. We're not going to let you down. We didn't leave you then. We're not going to leave you now. I called Eugene the rational voice in Princess's head. Not very reassuring because part of her takes some sort of offense. You, th- you think I'm going to fuck things up. Like, yeah. But Eugene powers through. I love that. Where Ezekiel apologizes for, because he's supposed to re- represent the protector. Oh, I don't want to hurt your feelings. Of course, I'm going to apologize for making you even think for one second. I mean, my friend's not yours. Mm-hmm. Eugene doesn't apologize. <laughs> she goes, you think I'm going to fuck this up? Listen, he goes, shut up. <laughs> we gotta keep on this path. No, I don't, if you yeah. notice, he doesn't really go, shut up. He, he doesn't do that, but he doesn't apologize. He right. says, he, he just delivers the urgency, which is that part of her brain. It's going, no, listen, listen, listen. I know you're confused right now, but you just got to believe in your friends. If you just believe in your friends, like, whereas Yumiko's voice was like, don't do anything. Eugene's like, do this, just comply. Mm-hmm. Don't do anything. Do this, comply. If you don't do anything, you'll be like in the interview. You could see a little bit of all three in the interview. Protector, you know, being loyal, protector, fuck you. And then like, and then there's, and then there's Yumiko, which when she's just quiet. And then there's Eugene, which is like, she's like, it really is princess or like, it really is this or that Pittsburgh. She gives her Pittsburgh. There's all sorts of things going on when she's actually in the interview. All of this is before the interview. Yumiko and Eugene right before the interview. When Eugene finally says, do not do not make things worse. She's basically, basically saying to herself, have faith in your friends, which means you've got to extend that faith to the Commonwealth. And that's a hard mm. hill to climb. It's like, it's one thing if I have faith in you. I don't know if I trust these guys. That's yeah. evident once you finally get to the interview. She cannot <laughs> help herself. She's tapping her foot. She's like, I don't know. I don't know. This, is, this goes against everything I've been taught growing up. Ah. Oh. And then the splinters fucking bother me in the meantime, which could be allegorical, could not be, who knows? I'm not, because again, <laughs> she gets the splinter from trying to pull the boards off the thing, but the hole wasn't real. So how did she get that splinter? Is the splinter real? They may be looking at her and be going like, there's no fucking splinter there. There's nothing there. Mm-hmm. There's nothing there. Now you see there's like a, a remnant of a cut. Like when she says, oh, the splinter's gone. When she finally unlocks the guy's handcuffs, she's like, oh, mm, mm, mm. it's out. <laughs> but it's like, was it there to ever begin with? Now, again, this is also an allegory. So we can explain that whether it's real or not doesn't really matter. Why is it finally out? Because she extends that grace that she has for her friends and takes a chance on this Commonwealth soldier. It's only when she unlocks his handcuffs. Crazy pants, right? You think crazy pants. Here's your rifle. Here, I'm going to unlock you. Complete trust, complete Mm -hmm. faith in this new group. Oh, Sharon, says that's a pretty good one. Splinter slash John's tooth in Fear of the Walking Dead. John Dory is in the key. The key. His tooth is the rot in the community, represents the rot in the community. And then he he finally pulls it out. I think that rolls nicely into what Nisa says. The splinter is her anxiety when it comes out. Obviously, anxiety doesn't totally go away, but I feel like she is a... She is relieved at that moment. She her anxiety is sort of lifted. Going back to like the the stages of grief, like part of that comes along with like the twelve steps too. Like sometimes you have to deal with the with grief while recovering as an addict. So you've got this the stages of of grief, but you also have the twelve steps. I think it's the first step is uh, giving giving up to a higher power. There is something relieving when you finally say it's not in my hands. I'm giving it up to you. I'm putting my 
my faith in you. And part of giving someone your complete faith is resigning yourself to accept the consequences that happen after you do that. So that makes sense. You're making a decision how you want to react to this moment. I am giving you my anxiety. I'm leaving it in your hands. A anything I ha that happens from here on in, I accept. So there is a relief in doing that. You know what I mean? Which yeah. explains everything. This is why I wrote, like, when Eugene says, do not make things worse. It means, have faith. You're going to have to forget everything you know. This is hard. You're gonna have to forget everything you know, have faith in the friends that came back for you, which means to do that, you're gonna have faith in these people that you've been taught. First of all, like if you can't trust your parents, how can you trust any authority figure, right? Mm -hmm. I couldn't trust my, my mom for years after that. <laughs> after that, that oh my that gosh. Booster shot. But seriously, it's almost no joke. You're like, like what else I, are you lying I about? <laughs> It's it's so bad. Like I, now that I'm thinking about it, as a kid, like as an adult, I'm like I used to call her a liar. I used to for a long time, for a long time, until I figured it out. I'm like, I came online like what ten, eight, nine, whatever it was. Like oh, I get it now because I'm an older brother too. So I'm the oldest brother. Ah. So I get it. I have to lie to my I have to lie to my brothers and sisters all the time. But yeah, but then having faith in the Commonwealth is like okay, this is too much. This is too much. It's too much. Princess's introduction to the Commonwealth soldiers. I I love this and I it makes me all that much more want the romance between her and Mercer to happen if if they choose to go down that path because I just find it like sort of hilarious right like this is her introduction well, so you said the, there was in the in the books her and Mercer have a romance yes so if if they decide to go that route on the show I I <laughs> I think it would be kind of hysterical that this is how she meets them too I was kind of like like questioning the way she was hollering after Yumiko like that whole thing I'm like she's she's so concerned about Yumiko but not Ezekiel or Eugene like I was like hmm are they like is this I mean I know Yumiko is technically still supposed to be with Magna but that's kind of falling apart you know so maybe I don't oh, know I don't know I didn't know what you're talking about that in there uh, no but there's <laughs> but then let me answer that with like a but that's really I didn't think of that but the reason why I didn't think of that is because it's clear to me that like not only is 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 princess responding like harshly to herself about the or like increasing the anxiety about being responsible for getting Yumiko hurt but as she as she's telling that story in the beginning you start to realize that like it, and also by the end because of Ezekiel being the protector figure the king the king to the princess right to mm -hmm. save her the king saves the princess etc whatever but when you re-review the beginning about Yumiko and her not even being there, she's really talking about herself. Like that version of her as a kid sure. who was beat up on, who was literally sure. beat up on. And her wanting to save that part of herself. And that is actually very, when you realize that, it's very emotional. Because there's always a point. There's always a point or like one point. And I don't know if you had this or Nisa, if you had this. Right. She's saying it now. Nisa, Yumiko is princess in her mind. I mean, she doesn't know it at the time, but mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but when like when you're a kid or even like when you're a teenager especially when you're a teenager probably there's that part of you as an adult when you're 30 or 40 you'll get there uh eventually that wants to talk and save that part that spark that par part of your that person that you were that says i remember that moment i wish i could tell you at the time like that like the writing letters to yourself sort of thing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, i don't know if you've ever thought about even doing it or have done it like hey dave i'm writing this letter to you from the future like some people do though like some people have this part of their past <laughs> 
past that they really regret or embarrassed about. And they write these letters to themselves and it's very passionate. It's like very, it's very open. It's very gruesome, but it's also very forgiving. There's that part of it and you do it because you want to forgive yourself. That part of you in the future is saying to yourself at the past, it's okay. You'll get through this moment. Just forgive yourself. It's not your fault. That's what Princess is sort of doing with Yumiko. She wants to be there for her. Like nobody was there for her when she yeah. was a kid. And and it's really like when you think about it, it is kind of emotional that that little part of it, that part of her that wants to protect the old her at what cost, right? Her sanity slash her anxiety ramping up the injury that she makes up as a result of that. That's hard. Mm -hmm. But then when you, when you have time to reflect on this episode, as we thankfully have had like 24 hours, you really kind of start to dig into like, what is this? And it's not a strange thing to think because you know, it was hard for Yumiko to come around. Oh, she really is hard to love. But then she mm -hmm. did, mm -hmm. you know, came back for her. So you don't think that even the beginning of the episode was real? Where where they were separating everyone and Yumiko got hit? I think that is real. Okay. I think All that's right. definitely so real. I, th I thought so too. But if you didn't, I wanted to hear your, your take on that. Yeah. I, I just think she's making it worse than it was. That's yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. But I definitely thought it Cause happened. Because she's, she's not wobbling by the end of it with the black bag over her head. You know, she's not like... Ooh, right. like like a cartoon <laughs> like ooh, yeah. making it right. clear you know yeah. she's upright she's standing on her two feet straight with mm -hmm. good posture so that's something mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> her body double is fit <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a, that's another thing we have to yeah. make clear gotta explain that I mean, I think I think most people know by now, but I think for those who may not be too clear, Eleanor Matsura, uh, she was stuck in England for the duration of the filming. So every scene with her physically there is a body double. Like some of the scenes where you can actually see her were obviously from episode 1016, mm -hmm. but everything else is body double stuff and voiceover that, that Eleanor did from across the pond. So she's not really <laughs> in this episode. They're in spirit and in voice. <laughs> Disembodied voice. It was kind of spooky too, wasn't it? A little bit. <laughs> A little Bit. Uh, oh, let's get into the the meteor of all the <laughs> the ghosts of of Princess Past. Right. <laughs> Yeah, this is like a Christmas carol. I, I, Ezekiel one is like the most fascinating to me. Like the father figure that never was. He was the also the most never was. like over the top, I felt like. Which isn't a stretch for Ezekiel slash Kari Payton. So yeah. you're like, I. so let's start, let's stop right here. At any point throughout any of this, maybe you thought it was weird. Yeah. But yes. at the same time, you, you were like, all right, fine. You know, this is I, really them. I was right? watch, I was watching him do it, so I had to believe it. But I'm like, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> but part of you was even like, what the hole with the board on it? How is that a secure facility? But then you're like, I'll roll with it. Maybe because we were talking about the Commonwealth. We were t saying how they're a little bit on the eh, what are these people? Right. Right. So I can I'll I'll let I'll allow it. You yeah. know, it's well, like, OK, it's, it's not it's, a very secure facility. It's a train yard that exists. You know what I mean? They you know, if they stuck them in a train. Sure. There I would. There could be a hole in it. You know, they're not normally used to hold prisoners. So sure. Why not? That didn't the hole in the side didn't bother me. And also, where are you going to go? Yeah. You know, where? yeah, you step out one foot. Uh, oh, we'll shoot you. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We'll toy with you like walkers. I, mean, I don't know. That's the idea. Yeah. I mean, it's really just a place to hold them. It's not really like to keep them imprisoned. No, right. it's just they're in this place and they, in lieu of taking them back to a facility. Yeah. Ezekiel, right? Ezekiel. Now, to complete the illusion, obviously, when he for, when she first sees, sees him, he's wet to kind of like, oh, they just interviewed me. I'm here to I'm here to escape and I'm here to take you with me. That was OK. Like, I got that a little bit. It is weird that Zeke was like so willing to escape 
escape. Was, yeah. And then, but like eventually it ramps up, right? It much in the way Princess imagines Yumiko's injury getting worse, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, she's got a call. I got a concussion. I got, I guess I got to tell you a story to keep you awake. <laughs> Meanwhile, like the soldiers are outside and be like, what the fuck is going on here? Shut Who up. is she talking to? <laughs> yeah. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> she's ramping up Ezekiel's like banter. You know, we're going to call through the front gate. We just got to steal some weapons and get it like, and she's like, calm the fuck down, Zeke. Mm-hmm. What is going, dude, you, you don't, you don't trust in Eugene. And you, then by the way, and when you realize what happens, you're like, it's that part of her that's just like, no, 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 you gotta not trust what you, no, don't trust what you know, trust what you know. You know, like that part of her that's screaming. Mm-hmm. I was the one that protected you. I was the one that protected you. Mm-hmm. Those people left you. And I get it. It's like, it's so cool. When you realize what happens after that, that that part of Zeke that with the, with the two made up walkers, even though they were real, she dressed them up in her mind with conductor and whatever. Like it completes the circle. It's like, I was just trying to tell you, you gotta trust what you know. You're mm-hmm. great on your own you know he was a little intense back there now he's just like chilling out i was like oh now i know you know what's up i know you know now what's up so i'm gonna talk to you like you know what's up i'm not gonna make it intense anymore i i was going along with it all the way until he starts beating on the soldier yeah when he like up until did that, that like, point yeah I first was of all unconvinced. where were you that he didn't see you <laughs> yeah i'm like how's she gonna explain a dude in her room right now <laughs> exactly where did you come from too great hiding spot but and also like coming out from right behind her i think was it when he hit him i thought he yeah like how did you not i i thought he stepped in from the front of the car like came in through the front door that the soldier did and then stepped in something like that and i'm like which is like crazy well you know what you know what i did real fast i was like oh he snuck out the he snuck out the hole that doesn't exist and then went around around yeah How did he? How did he know about that? He didn't yeah. know about that. Exactly. But that's but, really good thinking. But Princess I didn't, did. Yeah. That's no, but that's exactly how it did. How it happened in her mind. Mm-hmm. Literally, what you just said. Yeah. That's exactly because there's there is no Superman going through the ceiling and then coming out. No. Let me just do a barrel roll off the top and then slide him from the top <laughs> and kick him through the door. I'm like no, that didn't happen. No, swinging. Princess is not. <laughs> Although, if that did happen, I would be like, oh, Princess is so... I, see, that's the thing. That's the... Okay, this is... And I can't keep saying crazy, right? Because <laughs> I think The Walking Dead is trying to back away from crazy and trying to push like, oh, she's just got all this stuff. She's got all this stuff. It doesn't make her crazy. It just makes her diagnosable. You know, like a, a literal thing that's diagnosable, real, tangible. But I worry... <laughs> I worry a little bit because now, first of all, we can't call her crazy. Right. No, she's she's not. I don't, I mean, crazy. You're going to get canceled. Crazy is, (laughs) crazy is a a different kind of word. Like when I say crazy, I mean like, like. Unbelievable. Usually I mean like fun or sometimes I mean like scary, like they're crazy, like they might kill you type of, of vibe, you know, but I don't ever mean it to describe any sort of mental illness ever whatsoever. I do. I don't. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, you do it, not. It's just, it's the, <laughs> I know I don't. It's, but you know, it's the combination of things that makes you think, because of course, until now we're like, we're describing her as crazy. Yes, yeah, we have. She's okay. The most we've done is actually said like the most frequent one we said is she's extra, but now we can't even say that. But yeah, but I mean, she is, she has an extra personality like i would still if i ever said princess was crazy it would be like how fun she is or maybe like maybe she's being daring and like you know dangerous like i would use crazy to describe those types of actions not not what she's going through right now like to me that's not crazy that's just no 
like <gasps> when i have said crazy about princess it's more in what an action rather than diagnosis it's yes. more like her response to the things in her head <laughs> her response to people on a daily basis mm -hmm. say you should apologize you're not one to judge you know that's that you know crazy i like it crazy yeah. that sort of thing yeah i like yes that. But the fact that he that Ezekiel didn't do Superman fly out through the top and didn't come through the side <laughs> and kicked kicked him from the top of the door, I'm I'm like oh they're holding back you know they they're holding back on on crazy like literal crazy and dialing it back and making it logical okay oh he escaped through the, the hatch and the side <laughs> that we saw Eugene and it came out through the door okay this makes more sense it's plausible right right no it's like the beta the prophet thing right you kind of want a little room to be like oh this part of her personality is unexplainable like this this part is like that's all her this is explainable this whole episode is explainable but then there's this part that we still don't know about her i'm gonna apologize if someone already said this because now that i thought it i think i remember seeing it but did someone already say that princess had did disassociative identity disorder like uh, like yeah. multiple personalities S split per yeah right yeah right. But what you had said earlier, and then sort of reimagining the scene with her and Ezekiel, because that's really the most physical one, you know what I mean? The other ones are just talking. She does that stuff to the soldier, but she's imagining Zeke. Uh, so that, to me, right. sounds like someone with DID. To the point where, at this stage, it's usually at the point where you're resolving the issue, where you're you're actually aware that that other personality is doing the thing. Mm -hmm. It's not severe cases. It's like, you, like Nisa could probably vouch for me on this one, too, because... I refer to her for anything psychological or psychiatric. The other personality or personalities are not aware of each other usually. Sometimes one usually. will be aware of another or the others the others will be aware of the of the one or the or the others, but the it's hard to say the real person because they're all of them are pieces of the one person, right? It's like the they're main archetypes usually. Like the main person. Yeah, because there is no main. The, the the main person has lost their identity, has surrendered it to these other archetypes, you know, or or embodiments of past versions of themselves or uh, versions of other like exaggerations of other people they know in their life or from TV or from but they're representations of their personality, right? And so but they have a name, they have a personality, they have a language, they have a right? Yeah. And yeah. some and there is no buried underneath all that is not a real personality. That's it's that's just kind of a falsehood. They're all they're all that person. So there is no main really. But let's I, just take I mean, this under that's, gospel. That's... That's and that makes sense for princess too. Touch topic. I mean, I yeah. I think people, would, other people would have a different opinion, but yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, but the the DID we know is is from pop culture and like television shows, and it's like yeah, there is a main personality it has to emerge, and it's like well, you know, it's just all of them at once, and that's that's who it is. That that's what that real person is that we know. <laughs> and so when they finally, when she actually notices that this is, hey, what are you doing? I, I like I won't let them hurt. I won't let them hurt me. Hurt us. Hurt us hurt hurt me anymore yeah he says hurt me anymore and then the thing that really broke broke me out of it was it, it broke princess out of it too he says out loud just listen and do what we say oh to the guy yeah to, to the soldier and and she finally realizes <laughs> that like oh shit that's what yumiko said to me way back when <laughs> like last night and then she goes to the whole megillah and she's like and then the blood spatter on her face and it kind of <laughs> 
it kind of follows and it's just so fascinating to watch this reveal like first of all you get this tell i won't no one's gonna hurt me anymore you know and then like what the fuck is he talking because here's the fucking crazy thing i love how well this was written to kind of keep things buried because you're thinking to yourself they tell you they love you you know and like oh yeah carol right carol yeah they tell you they love you and then they and then they leave you that sort of thing you're like oh yeah it makes complete sense <laughs> zeke's finally unloading Aww. but it's really princess it's right. really princess right but the thing that when you watch this again you realize uh princess is is finishing his sentences or they're finishing each other's sentences Mm -hmm. it's this weird stream of thought that's going on between them where they're like bam 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 and you don't really notice it at the time you don't really see on the show people finishing each other's sentences Mm -hmm. and they're bonding really quickly like it's not as if like zeke didn't have his like arm's length moments with princess he's like i kind of like this chick she's kind of fun yeah but like also like (laughs) i'll just play along with it because i kind of do that too (laughs) but this but buddy buddy sort of thing that was a little weird two things that whole the whole scene where so zeke comes in and he's he's pounding on the guy and then princess finally you know pulls him off and and she's talking to the soldier <laughs> and zeke's pacing around behind her and they're both kind of yelling at him doing doing all that did are you <laughs> ezekiel reminded me of luther the anger translator have you seen the luther videos <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> from from this is from key and, from key yeah. and peel yeah. yeah yeah so ezekiel was luther yeah. in that scene <laughs> <laughs> with the gun behind her like shadow yeah he's like he's like pacing around like a jungle cat going yeah 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 yeah, yeah. 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 oh you better yeah. not you better yeah. not are you are you messing yeah. with us are you messing with us <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And exactly. then I'll tell you exactly what it was when when everything clicked for me and I realized what was actually happening. The blood splatter on Ezekiel's head. And then Princess had the same exact splatter on her head. Oh, yeah. Well, that's when everybody kind of like, what yeah. is going on? And then like, because she he, she didn't have the blood on her originally, right? Right. And I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Why would they have the same exact? Oh, somebody spent a lot of time oh. on that. <laughs> that's when everybody kind of went, oh, that's what we're seeing. <laughs> And then, because that's what I do, I, like, stared at the both of them, and I'm like, oh, and then that looks, who, who hooks right there, and then that dips down, holy shit, oh, and then, the, like, it was exact, like, exactly. exact. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, and that's what really brought everything into focus, because you're like, oh, oh, yeah, oh yeah. this is... Oh, of course she realizes this and I, and it's, I think what she did right afterwards was a perfectly natural response. I am too much of a liability. I need to go. I'm no good for them. Mm. I'm no good for me. I'm just better off on my own. I get that. I Mm -hmm. totally get that. I am. If I figured out that I am completely imagining this scenario, mostly, I would be like, how are they ever supposed to depend on me? Yeah. If this is the where this is where I go when I'm faced with a certain stressful situation, mm. I get that completely. In fact, I wouldn't have come back at all. I really wouldn't. <laughs> why would I want to put myself? Why would I want to put myself in their hands? I'm only gonna fuck it up. I mean, I'm just being real right now. Like I get that she feels the way she does for these people, but I don't know. I'm that kind of crazy that like I don't want to risk one of these delusions in a high stress situation fucking their shit up. But I get it. Maybe she's thinking as long as they're around, I. I won't have to feel this way or yeah. I won't have to go down this avalanche of conclusions because it was like a domino effect. Like she was responsible for Yumiko. That anxiety grew. Don't just don't say anything. And then the other part of it is just like believing the words that Eugene said. I know what it's like to be to be written off. That sort of, you know, that sort of thing that she says to that he says to her earlier. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Don't don't fuck. I know. But just, you know, just, I trust them. You trust them. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine, fine. 
And then she's remembering childhood traumas because she had to do that to talk a non-existent Yumiko down. So then she invents a protector, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it right. escalates and they're not there. That's right. the thing. They're not there to talk her down that ledge. Really yeah. there. Does she come out of the boxcar and, and attempt to leave? I, I know Ezekiel's not really there. Yeah. Let me read. Yes. She yes. actually leaves. Yes, 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 yes. She, Okay. And then she decides to come back. Okay. All right. Here's my next question. Where the mm-hmm. hell are the soldiers? How is, how is no one seeing her do this? Because, because then she goes right back to the train car and has her little conversation with with soldier dude and then everyone's right outside the train car that's then a really good point then they're right there <laughs> Could you imagine? so are they just watching her now i'm just now i'm just imagining this like what the fuck is this and then they watch yeah. her go to the end and talk to the yeah. to the actual walkers that are there by the way right are they wa- then- just watching this whole thing happen <laughs> I'm I'm just picturing this right now. Remember the vantage point of where they are. They're like way back by the building. They're seeing they're seeing Princess Walk running in the distance. <laughs> All the way off screen. Pink jacket. Like the camera it's a it's just yeah, it's a static it's a static shot and you're just seeing Princess Walk like 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 in a um it's like a Wes Anderson shot, you know? Oh. It's a wide shot oh, of Princess okay. just running across the screen. <laughs> yeah. Just like that with the train car like in perfect um uh, parallel. And then all of a sudden you see her running back. <laughs> Just running back across the street the other way, going back into the fucking car. Yeah. Should we stop this? And they're like, nah. They're already there with with Yumiko, Eugene, and <laughs> they're like, I, I don't know. I think this is part of the plan. Because because remember, this is Lance Hornsby. So he's like, don't do not do anything. Yeah. I got this. She's fucking... <laughs> like, she's crazy. What if they were there so... the whole time? Like... That's they what I'm were, saying. Yeah, they were there when she came out of the train car. Yeah. Yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. The gun's not loaded. Just she, let her do her <laughs> thing, and then she'll come back and spill the beans, right? Yeah, that was another thing. I, I did wonder if the gun was loaded. I don't know. I think I... Because if the gun wasn't loaded, why would he hit her? Right? Yeah, yeah, and it's loaded. I, yeah, I don't. Sure. I just got a. I just got a comment from the bedroom. Eric. Eric makes oh. a good. Eric makes a good point here. We were talking about the soldiers being right outside the train car and princess <laughs> running away and coming back and everything. And he says the soldier guy click, clicked his radio on, so we know people were listening. But it could also double as a <laughs> signal to like come over. Like if they weren't right there, bring the other captors here and I'm going to get it out of her, right. whatever it is, information, right. so, I guess. So all, all he's saying is they're not there <laughs> like, yeah. watching this yeah. happen. Yeah. Running. But now I just like kind of want it, want that to have happened because <laughs> it's just funnier. Right? Yo, we saw that like in the, like in that in that episode in season 11 it'll be like yo we saw you running across we we're just like should we stop her like yeah. nah she's crazy i want to see like, <laughs> like nah. i want to see two of the two of the commonwealth soldiers like with their helmets off they're having a cigarette and all of a sudden they're like what right. the fuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah commonwealth lights <laughs> that's what i want to see on the cigarette one's drinking a fueler's beer <laughs> <laughs> right exactly. that's where it comes from right yeah. now if they don't do that I, i'm gonna be so disappointed <laughs> because that here's the thing this is what i was trying to say before we have to kind of roll it back from from princess having like some of this mental illness right because now when she does something funny are we gonna be like oh no we have to kind of laugh yeah. a little bit too like and we're not laughing at her but we're laughing no. at the re- look at me when i mentioned my mom's a fucking liar <laughs> I'm laughing because I obviously don't mean it. But like, if you're thinking I have a mental illness, first of all, why do I have a podcast? I shouldn't. This is just parading somebody with mental illness. on. No, but we have to dial it back. 
we're going to be challenged now to think like, okay, is this part of her personality or, or is this part of the mental illness? It's a challenge. Like as much as you want to touch on the topic, there has to be something from like a Wes Anderson scene where she just runs across and you can <laughs> allow yourself to laugh at the moment. Yeah. Like maybe they don't, they don't know how mental now they do how mentally ill she is, but like at the same time, that shit's funny. <laughs> just yeah. with a gun in tow, like, right? just like, just, you, you can see it now. It's just like, she looks like big bird with the- <laughs> the, and her coats and her coats bouncing up because it's fluffy and her hair is all. Yeah. <laughs> Right, and she's leading from the chest too, so her her butt's like like behind her, her legs are kind of behind her as she runs. Yeah, you can see it right now. Yeah, I can. Do you see Nisa's comment? Hashtag release the soldier's cut. Yes, yes. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Angela King, release the soldier's cut. Then Sharon says, should we stop her from beating his ass? Nah, that guy's a dick. He eats jam out of the jar with his fingers. His fingers. <laughs> nice one, Sharon D. Nice one, Sharon D. Yeah, he deserves to get his just, ass kicked for just, that. It's not... A- it's yeah. It's not even the beat. Yeah, it's not even the beating. It's just the idea that like, oh, she's got a should we? She's got a gun. Should we stop her? Nah, it's not even loaded. It's I was, like, yeah, All right, again, she's just let her do her thing. Right. That makes me think the gun's not loaded. Otherwise, why are they letting him get his ass kicked? But, but we're also assuming that this this scene exists because we're paint again. We salt and peppered it so much that we think it's real. Right. And at the, right that maybe that didn't even happen. Like I, I at this point, I have no idea what's real in this episode and what's not. Let's yeah. just be honest. Now that we've had our fun. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's just close the, the book on this part. The moment isn't real, obviously, but she actually does go to the gate because as she's walking away, we see the real walkers that were there. It looks like walkers that were shackled together much in the way uh, a stocks would be. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's 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 a rail board and like rail spike. Those are the real walkers. The ones she dressed up in her mind were different. Did you hear him talking to her? Uh, Not talking to her, but I remember the one thing the one walker says at the end, which was he echoes what she says. Come back for me. He says, mm-hmm. come back for me mm-hmm. when she oh, says that it- they came back. OK, for me. yeah. I thought it's he said come so back creepy. to me, but yeah, same thing. Come back right. to me, yeah. I thought that was so creepy, but it's such like a, like if you're not paying attention, you'll miss it because it's mm-hmm. so faint. And I don't, it's not in the subtitles too. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Because yeah. I had to ask Sharon if she heard it too. She's like, I th- I thought I heard. Yeah. Yeah. We both kind of freaked out a little. <laughs> I think the only thing that I like after all this is that like just before he opens the car and reveals Yumiko, Eugene, and Ezekiel, the real ones, I love that line that he delivered. First of all, he he delivers a slew of information before the end because obviously during the argument with Ezekiel slash princess, he says things like, for the benefit of all and all who seek solace at our gates and uh, we're careful because we have a lot to lose. And I start thinking about like the CRM also, like what a stark difference from this group. The Commonwealth can make themselves known and do it on purpose to build their community. Mm-hmm. They just have to go through a filter process. And it's not as if they don't, they won't make themselves known. If you get close to their walls, they'll eliminate you or they'll see a, a threat, assess the threat level and let you in. So different from CRM. CRM is cloak and dagger. Nothing gets through our gates. We, we choose. And if we do choose, we're choosing you for a purpose. Everybody else is reproducing. <laughs> or whatever it's good to know because like the the sayings that they have you know crm says we are the light um what is it we are the light the last hope 
Something, we are the last like light that. of hope in a dark something. Yeah. So they're very yeah. like centric. They're it's all about us. For them, it's like it's like for the benefit of all, not mm -hmm. just us. We are the we're the benefit. We the, we got to take care of us because we are the we're the this is this this group is last hope. No, Commonwealth is like for the benefit of all, everyone, mm -hmm. everyone everywhere. Which sounds and, you know, a, a little like terminus, doesn't it? And they're in a train oh, car. God. <laughs> Good, listen, good call. I've heard that one before. It is oh, yeah? it is kind of scary because doesn't that instantly, if you have been hanging around this long, put you in princess's mindset? What a hack. What a hack, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, says, I'm a goddamn superhero on my own. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's that was true. My, my favorite line of this episode. That was my favorite line. Yeah. The way she says it too. It's so gritty and I just, ugh. Yeah. I mean, the line is good, but I'm then the, superhero yeah, the way she delivers it just punches it and I love it. Aren't we all like, well, I don't know. That's that's a tough one. I, I say, aren't we all? But like, who's going to do better for you than you? It's hard to trust other people to do for you what you can do better for yourself. Mm -hmm. But then you realize you can't do it all on your own. At least not as much. I mean, you can do a lot on your own, but it's just not realistic to be totally alone. There's only alone. so much you can do. Mm -hmm. And if you were totally alone, Daryl, the best you're going to do is survive. Right. Right. You know what I mean? That's, that's not a life. Mm -hmm. And Princess knows that. Look at how eager she is to see people again. She gets it right away. And also, that's all she's ever wanted too she's all all she's ever wanted was somebody to acknowledge that she means something you know mm -hmm. that she matters in this world not yeah. many people have shown her that we mentioned this before obviously but like her mother says she was just trying to survive you know she was scared you know blah blah, blah. and it actually brought me back because i had been thinking about this quote a lot like how that uh clip that we have about kids in the killing kids <laughs> in the apocalypse <laughs> like for some reason i thought of what it must mean to survive. Let's say you are a mom and what you have to do to survive is endure the stepdad who is occasionally really, really harsh with your daughter. And you're just putting up the, with the abuse and blah, 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 and you're going along with it. Charity actually brought up the scene with MASH. And this is from our episode 100 retrospective. It was one of the parts. And she mentioned that scene in MASH with Hawkeye remembering the details of what happened on one of his missions. A woman was trying to basically silence what he thought at the time was a clucking chicken on a bus in order to not be detected by the enemy right mm, mm -hmm, turns mm. out later on he finds out that it was her own child her own screaming child mm -hmm. and it was so traumatizing that he buried it in his in his, the recesses of memory memory but it made me feel bad for her mom also a little bit because it's very easy to put all put some a lot of the blame on the mom for put for putting her daughter through this but i like the fact that princess gets it right away you know she was just trying to survive you know she's a survivor i get it i know why she did it and I'm, I think about like the killing kids in the apocalypse, like killing the stupid ones kind of thing. <laughs> but let's let's just play that scenario out to its conclusion, right? The morality experiment is as follows. You could, if killing the crying baby saves your entire group, then you have to kill the baby. It's a matter of utilitarianism. It's a terrible thing to do, but if you don't do it, everybody dies. And it's, it's supposed to be one of those, you're not really supposed to pick a side because mm -hmm. there's no good answer, but it is kind of running the thought experiments on the different modes of philosophy or sorry different modes of ethics right do you kill the baby well if, why no why wouldn't you kill a baby you'd save all these lives it's it's not a great experiment but it, it made me think of like what if you had a kid in the apocalypse and you had to kill it right like 
But what <sighs> happens after the experiment? It's not as if you kill the baby and you've not only snuffed out a life, but let's forget about the experiment. You've put tremendous amount of personal mental anguish for the sake of everybody else's life. Because what happens afterwards, you don't forget about that moment. I'm sure her mom didn't think didn't think one day after that she finally probably perished <laughs> that she, she what she what she had to make her daughter endure for the sake of the marriage, for the sake of the household, blah blah blah, and the cost to her personal humanity that it cost to have her daughter get beaten up on. I can't think of a situation being a mom i can't think of a situation where anything would be worth my child taking a beating from someone i'm choosing to have in my life right that that's the other thing right. this isn't a biological father this is a stepfather he don't need to be there right. she's making a choice so i i i can't say that it for me personally i don't think there is a situation that would exist that i would allow that but i can't speak for everybody and it's hard to say when you actually we actually know it exists right like that right. you it may be alien to you right and yeah. I, look, it's not to say that I haven't been in a similar kind of situation. I don't have a kid. That's a whole other addition to the coin that makes it hard for me to believe, but it happens. First of all, Nisa says, we are the last light of the world. We are the last hope. Mm -hmm. She also says uh, she always mostly had only herself to count on. And uh, I love that she brought up the Hamilton quote. I am the only thing in my life I can control. Aaron Burr in Hamilton's Wait For It. Reminds me of Princess. <laughs> I like her response to the, the ethics questions. I'll give it to the person next to me and say, you do it. Yeah. Like, no, nah, it has to be you. In that situation, doing nothing is also a choice. To do nothing still is going to result in people dying. So somebody has to do something. <laughs> Right. It's a terrible choice. It is. But in the end, not, you realize none of, uh, neither of which are, are good choices. You've killed, you snuffed out a life. You have to live with that life after all these people survive. So yep. it's, not, it's yep. not a good choice. I so just... I keep thinking about anybody who's willing to kill kids in the apocalypse, like, like a funny <laughs> quote like that. I was just like, oh my God, I don't think you understand the cost. <laughs> That's yeah. why it was like so awkward. I'm like, well, let's lean in now. <laughs> the cat's out of the bag or the child's <laughs> out of the sack. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, in response to the Commonwealth soldiers, do cities and countries even matter anymore? Yeah. And that made me think of our conversation with Aim for the Head podcast and Brains Gone Bad. Mm -hmm. it, it was the one big point of consternation that Steve had from Aim for the Head. And he was like, yeah, we, I don't know where we are. Like, it just doesn't feel like like they're not letting us know as much as we they should about where we're at. And I'm like, I think they're trying to make a point. Right. Like, it doesn't really matter. Like, if we're going by old rules, sure. But who cares about the old rules? There's nobody here. There's nobody around <laughs> anymore. So Princess actually brings it back is do cities and countries even matter anymore? And I'm like, yeah. I like that. There's a little continuity there to what I said was the explanation of why it doesn't matter where they are. Yeah. Okay, you're generally past the Mississippi River. Okay, <laughs> you're in a place that used to be called New York. Big whoop. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's a good It's a good thing to, but I think when you don't know, it's there's a reason why you don't know. I think that's it's a general statement yeah. on why that is. Okay, so gun to your head. Do you think the, the interviewee was Lance Hornsby and Lance Hornsby is still real or it was last guy my gut is saying that the shadowy lance is lance she just it's still lance yeah she just doesn't know what remember what he looks like Hmm. So it's not going to be the same actor, or it's the same actor, but he won't be as scary. I yeah, I think. Hi, I'm Lance Hornsby. I think I think <laughs> it'll yeah, I think it'll still be him. But this was her way of remembering him. Yeah, she was intimidated at the moment, and so this is how he appeared to her. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and that makes perfect sense because okay, because one of the things that we said is he never really wears.
wears the armor, right. which is why he looks so ridiculous in her memory. So maybe... <laughs> maybe yeah, he doesn't maybe even have it on. Ca- okay. Maybe she pictured him in it. In some ridiculous version of it. Yeah. <laughs> this is our big hangup. It was like, he's never in armor in the comics. Right. Again, all, all of these co- things come together coming together made me think of like, oh, it is real, but it's not real. Yeah. It is real, but it's an exaggerated version in her head. I keep going back to what uh, Lynn Collins said on Talking Dead about Find uh-huh. Me, but I, I know she was only re- uh, referring to that episode, but now I, I feel like I'm applying it to everything. And she's like, is that everything is as it seems? Yes. And I'm like, maybe this isn't what we think. Leah I'm going is crazy. Lance Hornsby. <laughs> it's, it's Leah Hornsby, right? <laughs> Which is, it makes perfect sense why we thought of it. Yeah, we had it in the back of our minds. What? Our brain was trying to work something out. That's why we brought up that episode again in the first place. (laughs) Right? I I feel like this episode's been half about Find Me and half about Splinter. (laughs) (laughs) Well, a good one fifth of it was Find Me. A good Sorry. chunk. We needed to fill the time out because we needed a two-hour episode again, right? I'm <laughs> right, always, I'm always here to talk about Daryl and Carol. <laughs> I'm always here to give you guys a two-hour episode. We could give them a four-hour episode. We've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. Charity says, "Find me" was how Splinter found the group <laughs> to begin to begin their training. <laughs> <laughs> she means the nin- I think she means the Ninja Turtles. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that would be funnier. Uh, I did want to make one more funny, and that was in the subtitles when she's when she gets the splinter as she's pulling out, pulling oh. away the imaginary board. Yeah, she says the subtitle says speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> the subtitle says speaks Spanish. Nice. She says coño. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she says coño. They couldn't write the swear. They couldn't even write what it said, what she said in Spanish on the screen because coño means pussy. Right. <laughs> I thought that was, I laughed so, because in the first watch, I don't put subtitles on. I don't. Really? So on the second watch, I'm like, speak Spanish. <laughs> like it's, she said coño. Right. You're like, uh-uh. Nope. I thought I that know. was. I can hear it. <laughs> no, nah, bitch. This is, this is going to my notes, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Con is a pretty dirty word. C C O N N with the tilde O, and then mm-hmm. I wrote quote unquote pussy. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally like what you call somebody derogatorily. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, it's like in fear when Nick says fuck, and that's not what's in the subtitles. <laughs> that is that's funny. funny. <laughs> or when the soldier said switchyard, but it's not in the subtitles. Mm-hmm. What are they trying to say? What are you trying to say? <laughs> Lee is not real. <laughs> is that a job? Lance Hornsby's Leah. How do I get that job? I want to be the title, the subtitle person. Do they get paid? Is that voluntary based? Charity. RJ, RJ isn't, isn't real. real. <laughs> <laughs> this is. Oh man. This is the Rachel. This is the interview process for the subtitle job. <gasps> Squawking dead isn't real. Squawking dead isn't real. <laughs> this was one long interview. I'm gonna have nightmares makes, tonight. Makes you, <laughs> It makes you think it was a two years long. No, it was really two hours. Very long interview. Oh, it's only been two hours, so it's still 2018? Wait, 2019? Yeah, still 20. You, st- <laughs> you still I have forget- time to right the wrongs. I forget about 2020. I seriously, but is it 2018? <laughs> 
And of course, <laughs> to illustrate the the lack of passage of time, Nisa says again, anyway, another boring episode we spent no time talking about. Right, totally boring. She said this exactly in the last episode. Uh-huh. Yeah. Not not the last the 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 find me episode. Find me, find me. Do you yeah. remember? Yeah, that was so mm-hmm. funny. So boring. <laughs> Oh, can you know what we'd never really address that, but I can so I can see why people would say eh to this episode. I can see it. Cause you know what? Like there are always gonna be people in this universe, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, ah, I don't really care about them. And it's not because you don't care about the show. Like so you're like, ah, I don't like scenes they're in. And so if Princess happens to be one of those people, I can see people going, first of all, it's a bottle episode. Oh, you know? yeah, very much. It's a bottle episode. Very much. It's a character focused bottle episode. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like the character, if the show doesn't work hard enough to get you to like that character oh it's a disaster for you i can see people being upset with this episode after finding out all the scenes with yumiko and eugene and ezekiel aren't real i could see people being upset about that and that's an addition to right because nobody mm-hmm. likes the it was all a dream scenario nobody right. likes that nobody does i mean that's the, that back then it's clever right like it was the bob newhart show that like introduced that that metric which was a terrible way to end the series Ugh. i think it was oh the whole show wasn't real oh my god what a way and- of my life <laughs> exactly yeah yeah nisa makes, brings up a good point but they're saying that about all epi- all the episodes these bonuses and, yeah and, and to a certain extent look i somewhat agree with them okay the problem is everything is in everything has to be in context everything has to be in context these episodes were episodes you would not have gotten anyway anyway right so one could say then why tell them? Like, well, don't you want to know? Don't you want a little extra? Don't you want a little bonus episode? Mm-hmm. And this is this is the hypocrisy of people who say this. Because I say, eh. <laughs> I say, I don't really care about the past. I don't really want a pre-apocalypse flashback. Everybody rails against me and says, no, we want flashbacks. Which I... <laughs> you realize if you're going to get the flashbacks, they're not going to be half as interesting as what goes on post-apocalypse. This is like that. Dude, you're getting in between the lines. You're getting character development. This is also something I said about pure character development. If it's not going anywhere, this is exactly what I said. If it doesn't go anywhere, people are going to get mad. And I get Mm -hmm. that. This This is that episode. Yeah. We moved an inch. We moved literally an inch in this episode. And we got a shit ton of characters. We got a J.R.R. Tolkien chapter. You know? <laughs> yeah. We, we, read, we read we read, 30 pages of cha- this one chapter and we didn't go anywhere. So I get it. I understand it. I disagree with it, but I understand it. Because if you're not thinking in context of bonus episode, then it's going to feel like, but we didn't go anywhere. I've been looking at these episodes. Like you said, they're bonuses. First of all, we never would have gotten these these episodes anyway. So first of all, I'm just like, woohoo. Yeah. Hey, I don't care. I don't care yeah. what it is. Woohoo! I also look at these episodes as like an apology <laughs> for making us wait for the ten finale for so long. Like, sorry guys, here, here, have some candy. Some, sorry, here's some cake. <laughs> yeah, have a lolly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and and I went into these bonuses knowing full well that it's not going to move the storyline forward. Honestly, I was even surprised this episode was in there. I told Eric, I said, I don't think we're going to see Commonwealth soldiers at all in the, in these bonuses because this isn't about what's going to happen. It's about what's happening. So and really, we're not really sure if we did. Right, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and I could, yeah, exactly. I mean, we still didn't really see them, did we? I'm taking these episodes for what they are. They're just 
bonuses. Don't complain. Do you complain when you get extra uh, the extra chicken nugget in your Happy Meal? No, I don't think so. No. You just, you just eat it. You don't tell anybody. Well, it, it's more like, okay, the chi but if the chicken nugget isn't really nugget and it's really just the skin and it's just like the fried part, it's good. It's not a nugget, but it's good. You're still you eating it, right? And are you, are you going to take it back and complain about it? No, because it was free. You got yeah, it before no. you paid for. <laughs> I understand. Okay, I get it. I feel you. Even, uh, okay. You can't tell me that when you saw the end of that episode, you're like, oh, really? Really? Like, they're, what? Really? I, there was a, because there was that, a bit there, of a shock, yes. Because it was over. That was it. Mm -hmm. And that's the only real time you saw them. I mean, aside from the beginning part. Mm -hmm. But that's it. I mean, Nisa's like, I got an extra chicken nugget. Damn, I'm going to go complain on IG. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's life now, isn't it? Okay, I get the feeling. I don't get the action. That's the thing. On the other hand, I will say this. this I'm trying to give a, a silver lining to this whole thing. If we didn't know how people felt, like, we wouldn't be able to appreciate the way we felt, right? Yeah, there is a part of us that feels, you know, like, oh, is that it? Oh, shit. I mean, it's nice to get the character development, but, like, we didn't go anywhere. What a stark contrast the last episode was to this one. We got character development. We, we moved in, We moved a little bit more than an inch. We, we feel like we might have gone somewhere. We went through at least a, a character journey, right? Here, we sort of did go, go through a character journey in a lot smaller span of time with what we don't know were, were people that existed. <laughs> maybe the soldiers, maybe not. Definitely not our, our compatriots, right? But then again, we only focus on one person. At least with Aaron being there, there was a, a foil, like a little little backboard to, to mm -hmm. slam game, Gabe off of, right? Mm -hmm. There was like a little mm -hmm. sounding board, right? An echo. He's talking to someone, not himself. So there's a little bit more of a payoff. You see this character actually reveal himself. And you do see that with Princess too. But again, it's just the one person. We, when you find out it was all a dream, you're like... Oh, and then now they're in black. They're they're in black hoods. I get it. I get the feeling. I feel like oh, it was all a dream, and now we're one step closer. Mm -hmm. This whole this whole thing was one one step. Yeah. So anyway, but if not for yeah. loud annoying people, we wouldn't know how to rationally respond to that feeling that we have, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm a little thankful for them. I feel like the internet's gone has is like sentient, right? It's, it's like sentient. It's an angry. Oh, it's gosh. an angry single entity, right? Mm-hmm. You are not wrong. I like this episode there are Me too it's okay to like most of the episode and not like you know certain things like oh, i wish it wasn't over this quickly i wish there was a little bit more to it i wish it was more of a payoff for all of this anguish right because it's not fun to see somebody suffering you do want a little bit of a payoff and instead she's not, i don't we're not sure that she's getting rewarded in this last scene well, for yeah, this, for this not, triumph right still not sure which would be typical TWD, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't I don't usually like bottle episodes like this, but I really, really enjoyed this one. I mean, episodes like this usually make me mad and I'm like, what's what's happening with everybody else? But no, it just it kept me so interested. I I didn't even realize that I was watching a bottle episode, you know? I love bottle episodes, actually. I love them. <laughs> I will say that if I had to compare bottle episodes to this bottle episode, I, I don't like this one, actually. And I'll hmm. I'm not saying that you shouldn't either. I'm just <laughs> just saying i'm just saying of the bottle episodes i've seen and this is not like a, I, again i you can like something but not like it as a bottle episode like you like something and appreciate something or not <laughs> again right. i'm not telling or you the opposite i'm just saying i get the feeling i'll say this much if i didn't get this episode i would be upset i like this episode because i like knowing about the character i like putting flesh on the bone of this character 
I kind of wanted to know how crazy literally she was or if it is something more than that. And I'm glad I know now, you know? Yeah. And this also is a good setup for when we do move into this universe, we have a lot of front-loaded knowledge now into the kind of person that she is and the struggles that she's been through. And so I'm not going to complain about getting more TWD. Not at all. Right. This is one of those oppor opportunities, opportunities to go places you can't go if you're doing a regular series because you do need to take like almost a Game of Thrones inventory of where everybody's been and not focus too much on one character because then you will lose the interest of the crowd. But having that lowered expectation incorrectly, because obviously people are complaining, but having hopefully a lowered expectation means you can tell a story that you wouldn't, like they said right from the beginning, we can tell a story that we wouldn't normally tell under normal circumstances. That's exactly what they said. We took this as an opportunity to tell the stories a different way because these are bonus episodes. And I'm loving it. Yeah, and Sharon D was I like, really see, am. and I'm, I'm okay. Sharon D was like, I was kind of meh about it. I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's okay. It's yeah. okay. I get it. You're entitled. But but having the expectation of it being a bonus episode makes it a little okay. Like, oh, yeah, you're right. It's, like, oh, it's a filler. It's a bonus. We got content. We got richness. We got a tapestry. It's not a bad episode, you know, in and of itself. But, you know, would I have preferred a richer, more storied episode that has movement? And so, and Nisa, the other reaction, it was for me, like, as exciting as a Locke-centric episode from Lost was mm -hmm. for me. Yeah, and of course, I loved last week so much more too, Sharon D. Again, because there See, was a back See, last week was meh for me. Really? You know, you never yeah. really said that. Okay, but, but why Why do you feel that way? Just didn't grab me. Mm. Was it maybe the way I, it went out? No real reason. I enjoyed it as much as I enjoy any episode. I just okay. wasn't doing backflips for it. Not enough shock and awe for you? More blood! You definitely know how I felt about Father Gabriel after the episode, so that was kind of my ending feeling. I was just like, dude, the fuck? <laughs> So that was sort of my impression of the episode. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> they leave you wanting more, but like not in a good way. I, I can get that. Like, it's like, oh, what was that yeah. all about? Like, well, now what are we supposed to think about him? I get that. So maybe almost in the same, again, it's in the same realm of what I'm talking about. It's a lot of character development, mm -hmm. but like, where are we now that we know about this? What does all this mean? And even with Princess, you can say the same thing. Like, okay, we have a general sense of oh, like, she, yeah. she, there is a finality. She puts her faith in the group. We don't know if she's rewarded, but at least we know that's what this was all for. It was her unlearning what she n knew for all her life. Trusting the group. Uh, next Sunday's episode is 1021 Diverged. And, well, obviously everyone's going to watch it, but I think everyone should also watch Talking Dead afterwards. Because of... Just might be a good... Might just be a good idea to watch Talking oh, Dead after. yes. I highly recommend... Listen, if you've not been watching Talking Dead, you really should be. Especially next weekend. It's just a great show, and I think everyone should watch it. Especially yeah. next Sunday. I think it's a good idea. If you... Listen, if you're not watching Talking dead in general but especially next week i think you might be a bad person to say <laughs> confirmed bad person confirmed i mean all the other times fine i'll let you get away with it but next week why wouldn't you yeah why wouldn't you week. watch it i mean it's gone on this long i mean we didn't even have one person or walker be killed in this episode and they talked about it they'd had an in, a, in memoriam true. for in memoriams Let's start off the next week. Like, listen, let's start over. Watch Talking Dead next week. Please, please watch Talking Dead next week. Yeah. <laughs> and Charity says evil people <laughs> are the rule. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. don't be evil. Watch Talking Dead next week. <laughs>
<laughs> if you like what you've heard, head over to ratethispodcast.com slash squawking dead. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like or make our job easier. Make your, your night a lot smoother. Give us five stars and eggplant and we'll know that you love us. It's a good way of communicating what you like, what you don't like, what you think we could do be, be doing better. Everything helps. Any hate helps, likes helps, whatever. Just rate us at ratethispodcast.com slash squawking dead. And if you really, really like what we do, just head over to ko-fi.com slash squawking dead, create an account and follow us. And then you'll know what we're, what we're up to behind the scenes because we don't post on social media when we're recording. But if you really, really want to join in the conversation, buy us a coffee. It's $3. That will give you access to our supporter back content for 30 days. And if you really like us, really, really, really like us, you could subscribe to a coffee per month or more. I'm not stopping you. And the party just keeps on rolling. We just released our ringtone, which we announced in the pre-show, but we didn't announce officially in the episode. A ringtone is the music that you heard at the beginning of this podcast that will loop perfectly as your ringtone. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Mine's not going to loop either. <laughs> if you are if you have bought us a coffee in the last 30 days, that is for free. Go ahead and grab it. It's in the timeline and it's also in the coffee shop, but it's in the timeline for you to download for free. But if you haven't bought us a coffee, buying it in the coffee shop on ko-fi.com slash dead will entitle you to 30 days of access for some of supported back content for free anyway. So join us in the episodes, get that ringtone, get the unedited episode that airs right after this. We're going to upload that soon. You can, now you're listening to it. So why wouldn't you? <laughs> Last but not least, we're going to sign off by saying watch Talking Dead next week. It's a really Watch special episode. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Yeah. 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 We're not even going to say goodbye. So good. We're not saying goodbye. We're saying watch Talking Dead next week. Bye. Do it. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>